Welcome to The Liberated Life. Get ready to free your mind, body, and spirit in business and pleasure. Now here's your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Hi, everybody. This is your host, Robin Quinn Keen. Welcome to The Liberated Life. Today, I have Marisa Lupo with me, and she is a certified life coach who has mastered strategies that empower women in her private practice to cultivate an authentic life overflowing with love, meaning, and passion. Wow, I love all of that. So great. (laughs) And for her, after having checked all the boxes that she thought were going to lead her to the happiness that she craved, something deep inside was still missing. Purpose emerged through her most difficult time, which was an entangled divorce with two children and a very opinionated Italian family. And she didn't have much support from those people closest to her. She developed the tools and strategies to untie the knots of divorce that bound her and started living a life of freedom. In her coaching, she guides women through untying knots of divorce and teaches them how to emerge into their highest self. Marisa, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thanks for having me, Robin. I'm excited to be here. Well, good. We already had just a a little chat ahead of recording this and had a great time visiting. So it's too bad we didn't capture all that, right, Marisa? I know, I know. You always have the most interesting conversations before we press record, right? (laughs) That's right. So I'm really interested in hearing your story, Marisa. I know a little bit about it. We talked briefly that, you know, you've been through a divorce. I've been through a divorce very, very different experiences. And I'd love to hear more about yours. And I've really never shared anything on my show about mine, but if it, if we go there, that's okay too. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing it with me. I appreciate that. So yeah, as you just mentioned right now, um, you know, my divorce, I got divorced in 2012. uh, So it's been a few, quite a few years now, but um, as you said, you know, growing up in this Italian family, uh, both myself and my ex, uh, we both come from Italian families, like our families knew each other since we were very young. So in the Italian culture, you know, image is sort of everything to Italian people. My parents are immigrants. So like I grew up with the culture being very prominent, even though I'm first generation American. But um, I was very much raised to be like, you know, you're, you're, you're a girl. And so you sort of have to abide by, you know, the way things need to look like. And, you know, I have two brothers, but for me, life was very different. So because I was very aware of that, um, I sort of started creating this mental checklist of how I needed to be, how I needed to show up in this family, what was acceptable, what wasn't acceptable. And I started kind of creating this construct of, you know, sort of this bubble that I lived in and and everything had to fit sort of inside that. So anything that didn't fit that, you know, it wasn't on the checklist. I, I just didn't do it because I was the good girl. Um, and so that sort of carried into my marriage, right? Into my relationship, into the type of mom that I had become, into the daughter that I was. And so, you know, it, it, it wasn't until like, I believe it was about my mid thirties where I sort of reached this pivotal point in my, my, the marriage where I just sort of felt like I was drowning and I felt like I didn't have a fingerprint in my marriage, in my family, um, because I sort of became what everybody else needed me to be. And so I, I, I had like this identity crisis um, of like, you know, who the hell am I and how did I get <laughs> to this very unconscious place? And so 
that, you know, I, I realized, you know, obviously there's so many factors that sort of led me to that place, but I realized at that point, like, I just, I can't be in this marriage. Um, it was sort of a marriage that was created on quicksand and there was no, nothing solid that was sort of holding the marriage together. And I just felt like it just sort of crumbling around me. And it was really difficult to try to continue to force keeping this relationship together. You know, we had been together since we were 16 and 17 and 19 years, you know, with this marriage on the outside, it looked picture perfect. Like we had everything. People were like, when they found out, I sort of wanted out of the marriage. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like you have, you have what anybody would want. And like, what do you mean? Like you look so happy. Um, so on the outside, it looked perfect, but I think people just didn't understand the emptiness that it, it felt like I was sort of, there was this disconnect that sort of lingered throughout the entire relationship. And um, it got to that place, like I said, where I just had that complete identity crisis of, um, you know, who am I? How did I get here? What do I even like? Like, I had no idea. It was almost like starting over of learning how to reconnect back to the truth of who I was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't at the time in a family or even, I, I had no idea what the world of self-help or self-development or any, like none of that was in on my radar. And so I didn't even have mentors in my life or women in my life that were sort of this could provide me this roadmap of like, this is where I want to be. Like, I want to live my truth. And, and what is that truth? I didn't have those tools of anyone in my family trying to have these conversations with me. Like, you know, what is it that you want? Who are you? Like, why are you here? Like, those were never conversations I had um, ever. And so it was sort of, like I said, in that pivotal moment where I started having this conversation and this dialogue with myself. Um, and I, it just, it got real, it got honest, it got painful, uh, very painful because I had to walk out of the marriage and I couldn't be responsible anymore for how anybody else was gonna take that. Um, and that was hard because I grew up the good girl. I didn't wanna hurt anybody. Uh, you know, I, didn't, I wanted to make sure I was pleasing everyone and everybody else was happy. But then I realized that that was at the cost of hurting myself. And I wasn't even able to show up as the mom that I wanted to be because I was so very disconnected, um, living this persona of who I had to be, you know? So it was that pivotal moment where I was like, this can't be it for me. There has to be more and I need to figure out what that is. Sounds like a crisis of meaning. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely, you know, a crisis, um, a, an identity crisis, a dark night of the soul, um, midlife crisis, how, however people, whatever language you want to use, it really, uh, to me, I, that persona that I was trying to hold on to, that I was like holding on to dear life, like that just, it literally fell apart. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn how to rebuild and reconnect back to myself, back to my truth. And, and, and I realized at that moment without even really having any help from anybody is I need to really, this work is going to be internal and it's not going to come from anything outside of me. Nobody like, this is my work. This is my job. And I had to stand in that power and, and I had to accept accountability for getting to that place. And that's really hard to do 
because you know the ego wants to blame other people for how we got here or you did this or this is your fault or whatever the case may be and and I had to take ownership of because I made choices that led me exactly to that place right like nobody forced me to lose myself nobody forced me to get married nobody forced me to live a checklist life um and so taking ownership allowed me to sort of gain that power back and stop wasting time blaming everybody else because that wasn't going to give me the life that I wanted to live. Well, you mentioned something, Marisa, that resonates with me. And I know I'm older than you or you're younger than me. <laughs> However you, want. But, you know, I grew up in a very conservative Christian family and my mom, God bless her, she really taught me how to put everyone in front of me in line. Like, you know, save everyone. You get in the boat last. You you put your needs to the, you go to the end of the line. You're not at the front of the line ever. And my mom was around for the, she was here for all of my kids' births, but she died shortly after my last child was born, kind of in, in her early 60s, quite young. But up until that point, there was a lot of pressure on me to look and behave a certain way within my family. And you were talking about that within your family, right? So maybe culturally, Italian families have a way of being, but culturally, um, conservative Christian women as moms of my mom's age group in her era, the whole thing was, you know, to be a servant to others. Right. and. You know, that was a beautiful, beautiful thing that she taught me, except that taken to an extreme, I lost myself in being that servant to everyone but myself. Right. And just like you, I didn't have personal development stuff going on. I mean, I read like crazy and I went to workshops, but it wasn't personal development. It was more on child raising and parenting and conflict resolution, all, all kinds of things. But I got lost in it as well. Right. And I think we have a checklist and I think that checklist is, it's great to have the checklist, but when we're young, we have no idea that that's just a part of the checklist. We think we've, we've got the whole thing and we don't, we have a piece of it. So it gets totally out of balance. Right. Well, on paper, it looks good, right? You know, if you, if you were to see my marriage on paper, it's beautiful. Like that's the ideal situation that anybody would want to have, except it was missing some key ingredients or key elements, which is me, right? Which is my soul. What did I want? What is my purpose? Why am I here? I, I get that those being a mom and a wife, those are roles that I chose to, to have, right? But that's, but what happens when those roles get taken away or they disappear? Are you left with nothing? Because I realized that that's not my identity. That's, that's, those are roles. I, I chose to be a mother, right? I chose to have children. I chose to get married and in divorce, I'm not a wife anymore. So now who am I? Right. So I had to get honest with that. Like, that's not who I am at the core. That's not who any of us are. We're not any of our labels, right? This is just, uh, you know, the ego wants to attach to that. And then, you know, the minute that I lost that, that's why it's so common for women, men to have identity crisis and divorce, because they're like, well, if I'm not their uh, partner anymore, their husband or wife, then who am I, you know, why am I even here? You know, so I, I think for me, it was really important for me to establish, to, to learn to how to have a relationship with myself, 
um, like you said, we grow up thinking that that's selfish because everybody else comes before us, especially as women were conditioned at such a young age, right? And, and so that was what I told myself, it's selfish. You know, I, I learned this, you know, there, when you, especially when you become a mom and, you know, the kids, obviously they need you, they're young, you're sort of, you have to be there for them. You can't take care of themselves. Um, you know, and I sort of learned through motherhood that I, there was a lot of things that I wanted to do that sort of took a back seat. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was doing my children a disservice by not showing up as my truth and who I am and showing them that mom is also her own person. She's not just your mom. She's a woman. And before she became a wife and a mother, that woman mattered too. that girl mattered and she still matters today. Um, you know, I started playing soccer. I never played soccer ever before in my life. I started when my son was in kindergarten. I was in my, I was 30 when I started and he's 19 now. And, um, when I started playing soccer, I sort of got a little backlash from my family. I was like, Hey, this is something I wanted to do. A friend of mine's like, Hey, we should go join this adult league. I was like, yes, like I, I need something like this. I need something that's just my own, right? It's not, I'm not a mom on the field. I'm not a wife. I'm not a daughter. I'm not anybody. I'm just present with myself. And my family, you know, I remember my mom saying like, um, how do you have time to do that? Like, aren't you busy? Like with the kids kind of like that guilt, you know, that, that shame and that guilt of like, aren't you busy being a mom? (laughs) And so I started seeing this sort of play out the minute I started taking my power back and stepping into who I was, I started seeing like this backlash coming in and I realized that this has been coming down the generations. This didn't just start with me. Um, This started with all of the women in my family. And I sort of realized that, you know, a lot of the women in my family, they lost their voice. They, they, they became what everyone else needed them to be there. You know, I have a, a, my great grandmother, who's uh, her husband, my great grandfather had a whole other family that, we didn't know about and I didn't find this out until adulthood and I thought to myself like you know I didn't know this until after she had passed and I was like wow like what what was she made to silence what was she made to carry like she wasn't able to get a divorce or do what I'm doing like she had to swallow that and suppress it and shove it right and then that's sort of what got passed on down the next generation all the way to me and so I I realized that when I sort of asked for the divorce and and started unraveling a lot of this, that I wasn't just getting a divorce, that I was really becoming a light in this family for what's possible when you start living in your truth and you stop worrying about everybody else on the outside. And and it takes courage, right? To to be in that place. It takes an awful lot of courage. And I found that having gone through a divorce, I had many, I have had many women over, especially at the beginning, we live in a small town, like 5,000 people, right? And I had a music and dance studio. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it was very obvious something was happening. And we never announced anything, but women would start coming to me and going, how in the world did you do that? Like, how did you get the courage Mm -hmm. to do what you did? And Mm -hmm. I always have told every woman that's ever approached me, look, yes, you can do it, but you need to be sure because if you can fix what you've got, if you can learn to be yourself and to get what you need in the relationship, by all means, do that 100% of the time. Right. Don't just jump out because Robin, right. that's, I can do it too. I mean, I really right. don't want somebody to think that um, because it is 
not an easy road to divorce. It is right. filled with, you know, moments of gratitude and deep breaths, like, oh my God, I can breathe again. I can be myself again. But it's also filled with, wow, did I really just do that? And are, are my kids going to be okay? What have I done? Um, how much have I damaged my partner, my former, my ex-husband? You know, there's just so much that goes into it. It takes a lot of courage. It really does yeah. to what you've done when you've done it too. Um, and I would say the first year or two, I was just like, Oh, breathing. I was just breathing. And then, yeah. yeah. So the second year was more just a recognition of what I had now created and what that was going to look like to be single and right. to be separate from even some of the interactions I would normally have in the family with my kids. Right. And yeah. we had, we've had graduation since mm. then for, let's see, three kids, three of my four have graduated from high school or college in the last, since we've divorced. So, you know, that brings on it just complexities of a different way. But so, Marisa, I would love to hear from you a little bit about some things that you could tell us about maybe the stages of divorce for women, what they deal with and some tips that you might have for them. So, you know, it, and, and definitely I'm glad you said that because I definitely, you know, just to kind of backpedal a little bit, you know, certainly do not promote divorce. Right. I that was a choice that I had to make that was very well thought out and, and processed. And, um, you know, a lot of work goes into that. And so anybody that's in that mindset that they're, they're thinking like, I want out of this marriage, I'm not happy. You know, I suggest number one, never make a decision based in a place of reactivity. Right. So, so start there, like really, you know, that's not a decision that should be taken lightly. Um, it's, it's a decision, you know, if you're feeling like you want out, do get some help, get a coach, get a counselor, somebody who doesn't have any, um, attachment to your story, right? Not your family member. Who's going to tell you, yes, just leave this person. No, they have to be not, you know, not be attached to the outcome of the story, get help and, and process that because it could just very well mean that you, lost yourself and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your partner. Right. So, so that's number one, you know, I, I, I would say two years before I actually asked for the divorce, things started already. I was already thinking and processing and, and looking at, although yes, at some, sometimes I didn't want to look at it because the thought of walking out, I knew there was going to be fire on that road ahead, but um, so, you know, number one, if you're even in this place of thinking about it, definitely get help. Definitely do not make any rash decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, really think about all this and sit with it. Um, get the help to get in a place where you feel like you're, you know, you can make good decisions where, you know, you're feeling good about it. Um, so like, and if you, if you, I would look, talk to the, myself when I was in the, the midst of separation, to that girl who's in the middle of it, right? You're sort of, I call it a divorce purgatory because you're sort of not out the other side yet. I don't like using language like that, but that's a lot of people connect to that feeling. Mm -hmm. It's so normal to feel alone and isolated. And that's the number one thing that I hear women, you know, I have a group called Untying the Knots of Divorce. It's a Facebook group for women. And I, and I have women answer some questions before they come into the group because I just want to know what sort of mindset they're in. I would say 90% of the women 
that come into that group, all of them are feeling alone, right? And this doesn't mean that you don't have people around you or that you don't have friends or family. That's not the kind of alone I'm talking about. It's the kind of alone where you're, you're, you sort of feel like your world is coming down and crashing on you. And you feel like you could be in a room of a hundred people, but nobody could see you, right? You're like a ghost sort of like in going through the world and you're sort of going through the motions without any emotion, sort of numb, numbness and isolation. That person that's going through that, I just want them to understand that that is probably the most common thing that you can experience during that time. And, and I would say, instead of saying or thinking that you're alone, look at that as sort of a caterpillar being inside transitioning right into the cocoon. It's painful. That's a painful process for that caterpillar to go through, right? And nobody can help that caterpillar. Nobody could speed up that process. Nobody could tell that caterpillar what it's about to become because they have no idea, but it's a necessary process for transformation um, before they could emerge into the beautiful creation that they were meant to be. And, and so if you're listening to this, you are that butterfly, right? And so understand that there's stages that you have to go through and don't run from it. Don't distract yourself from it. Don't, don't do all the things that we do to avoid and numb out, right? Um, because you're in order to heal through this process, you have to be willing to look at it, feel it, and then you can move through it, right? Those people that sort of try to bypass that process, they can be sitting, stirring this for years later, years later. And so at some point you're going to have to get real and honest and sit with these emotions, right? They don't just disappear. Um, they come up. And if you think that you're going to all of a sudden jump into a new relationship and this new person's going to fix it or, or help you avoid that, it's basically like you taking your baggage and dumping it on somebody else's lap and saying, here you go. You fix this for me. You make me happy. And you're going to be disappointed because that's never going to happen, right? It's not somebody else's job to do what you need to do for yourself. So that person sit with this and get the help that you need to get. I look at it as this, as once you sort of heal through that and you sit with it and you, you look at those emotions and process to me, the rest is sort of a spiritual journey of really rediscovering who you are again, right? It, it, it's the rest of that is that's, a, that's our life's work to become more of who we are, to figure out, you know, why we're here, not, not to become something, right. But just to, to live in our truth and, 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 and wash away all the noise of what you think you need to be right. If you don't do that work, it's going to play out in your parenting and your co-parenting, right. You're going to, you're going to, if you're not in this place of unconditional love for yourself and healing and wholeness, you're going to use your kids as currency. You're going to, you're going to use your ex as currency. It's going to be a constant battle of the ego of pride. And you know, how do I win? How do I, how do I become the better parent? And everything will trigger you. Everything will trigger you, right? When those wounds are open and they're fresh and they're unhealed, um, divorce has this way of magnifying what is not what has not been healed. So I tell people just go into those shadow parts of themselves, go into those painful parts, right? Um, and sit with them and look at them and befriend them because they're trying to show you something that those wounds that still need to be healed that that may 
not have anything to do with your divorce. Chances are they don't. I know certainly that was for me. Um, every time, you know, I have, my divorce was very high conflict. And when I got triggered, what I realized is that was just shadow work. Those triggers were those parts of myself that were lingering from childhood that had absolutely nothing to do with my ex or my children or my divorce or my family. It was really about wounds that I needed to heal. So look at that as an opportunity to be like, instead of running, how could I be, you know, how can I heal this so that I can set myself free, right? You're, 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 you want freedom. Your core value is freedom, Robin. That's mine too. I wanted to be free. I wanted to be free of, uh, free to be who I was so that my children could be free to who, to, for who they are. Right. They, I wanted them to be free. And so it wasn't, it, now we have this freedom in the relationship where they don't need to make mom happy. They don't need to heal me. They don't need to do anything. We could just both be who we are. You know, I have three children, but we can all be who we are. And, it, and it's, it's a beautiful place to be. And having gone through a divorce and having gone through that stage, Marisa, if you're listening and you're somewhere in the vicinity of what we're talking about, if I could encourage you to do something, it would be to get a coach. And Marisa is a coach to women mm -hmm. who are going through divorce. I would highly recommend that because I sat by myself and did a lot of this on my own. And I was just kind of like wandering my way through it. And I had a lot of resistance at different points. When I was going through this, I just kind of struggled through it on my own for the most part. I did have a counselor who was somewhat helpful, but for the most part, I felt like my friends were telling me, you should do this and you should do that. And you should be on your own and you just need to sit and be alone. Well, I'm not much of one to sit and I'm, and I'm not, I'm fine being introspective and I actually love personal development. And that's when I really started doing a lot of personal development is when I was out of the marriage and in those couple of years of transition from being my identity was a mom and a wife. And suddenly I was still a mom, but in a different, in a different way, like a slightly different perspective on it. Something just changes. You're still the mom, but your relationship is just different. You're not co-parenting anymore in the same right. way. Mm, so right. I highly recommend that you, if you are struggling, that you get somebody to help you like Marisa, who, who has been through this and who has steps and who has systems and who has ideas and ways to resolve things for yourself, because it's a very lonely, quite honestly. Yeah. And you have to be super careful about who you surround yourself with as well. Because if you have friends that have gone through ugly divorces, they're not going to give you good advice. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you're right, because they're going on their own experience, which is very biased. And, you know, and I myself have seen many counselors and coaches throughout this whole process. And I think counseling and therapy is great. Everybody should be in therapy. A, a lot of the clients that I get, they've been through therapy. And then then they're like, sort of stuck in this place of like, okay, like, I don't know how to move forward. I need tools, I need accountability, I need more than I don't want to just sit here and talk about my issues. So a lot of times they sort of, after they transition through therapy, they need that extra help, right? They need that person who's going to really help them look at and process and give them tools to where they can go and make stuff happen on their own, right? Coaching is a two-part, uh, like it's an interactive process. So, uh, you know, you're held accountable. Yes. You know, if you want things to change and you have to be willing to create change, 
right? You can't stay in this stagnant place of constantly talking about your problems over and over again to where we become addicted to those problems. And that's why environmentally detoxing your environment, like you said, being careful who you're talking to, which friends you're talking to. For me, that's huge. Boundaries are huge. Who I let in um, this conversation was huge for me because I started realizing certain people were keeping me stuck in this victim situation to where I had to, I had to make some changes and they're not comfortable. And, um, but they were necessary if I wanted to further grow and to, to not continue this sort of broken record, you know, um, definitely the script has to change. Yeah. And you mentioned triggers, Marisa, and I, in my work with parents um, through the parenting archetype style method, it's all about discovering the triggers, right? Because we get triggered by other people, but it's really just something that's going on deep inside of us. And so having somebody who can help you like a coach and not, I mean, I love my counselor, but when I started doing personal development and working with coaches, it was an entirely different experience because it wasn't talk therapy. We were not, I was not retelling the stories. I was diffusing those old triggers and dismantling the stories so I could get present with where I was right now and what I wanted to create right now, not what I wanted to carry forward and keep, you know, victimization going in my life. So it's beautiful. Somebody like you to help you get through that process. Wow. It's terrific. I I commend you for what you do. It's, you know, not always fun to talk about our own divorces and I don't really look at it the way my parents did, which was, it was, you know, you could never get divorced. And if you failure, you were some epic failure. I never felt like I was an epic failure. I just felt like I needed something. I needed to breathe again. I needed to do something different. So having having you, you know, within a place, like you said, of neutrality, you Mm -hmm. don't have skin in the game. You it's not, you're not going to be affected by what your clients do but so that objective, hey, I've been there, I've done that. Here's something you could try. I've noticed you're still, you know, telling that story. Just, just having right. somebody help you through that, that's remarkable. Yeah, it's hard. Like you said, there's those limited beliefs that we carry that are not even ours or like programming that comes, you know, down the line. And so we never stop and question as to whether are these still working for us, right? And so sometimes you need somebody because you're, when you're in it, right, you're in the thick of it and you're in it and you're so close to the story, you can't see outside of that. But when somebody points it out to you, you're like, oh, like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even realize that, like that has such a strong hold on me. And so it's having that, like you said, that outside perspective of somebody who's been there because a lot of uh, underneath it all through healing from divorce, we want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether your story looks different or, you know, maybe the situation circumstances are different, but underneath it all, we want to just live a life of freedom to be who we are and not what we think we need to be, to be able to let that go. And so that our children stop caring what's not theirs. Right. And, and a lot of times moms won't, we won't do it for ourselves, but when it comes to our children, we'll walk through fire and make stuff happen because we don't want them to have to experience this in their relationships. And that's, that's ultimately why I did it. I, I wish I could say I did it for myself, but ultimately my children were like sort of the igniter for me living that truth because I wanted them to be able to live in their truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a beautiful gift to give them. And, you know, there is such a thing as healing the generations and helping your children to have 
the best possible future. And sometimes divorce is the path forward towards that. So Marisa, we are out of time. I just looked at the clock. Yes. And I'm, I knew we could talk forever. <laughs> uh, and I would have loved to have heard more, but I think what we talked about was really, I hope it will be really beneficial to some of our listeners who are in this place. Because, you know, I think even this year more than ever um, with lockdowns, there's, it, there's an intensity around relationships because people yeah. are spending much more time together and what was yeah. tolerable right. for some has become completely intolerable and we're considering things we've never considered before. Yeah. So if yeah. you're listening, I highly encourage you to get a hold of Marisa. Uh, Marisa has a Facebook group and I'm going to have her say the name of it again. And she also has a website where you can find her and I will put that information in the show notes so you can connect with her. Marisa, what is the name of your Facebook group one more time? So the group is um, Untying the Knots of Divorce. It's a private Facebook group. So I know a lot of women, you know, want to make sure there's that privacy there. And then my website is marisalupocoaching.com. Wonderful. Well, it's a tough subject for sure, but it is real life. And for anyone considering it who is 100% there, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There really is. It just takes some time to work through. You talk about untying the knots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things get <laughs> tangled over mm-hmm. a, a lifetime of being married. A lot of right. I love that you are so supportive of women going through this process. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being here, Marisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. All right, everybody. Hope to see you on the next episode of The Liberated Life. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at quittingculture.com.